To hear the full episode, become a patron at patreon.com slash deathpanelpod. I wonder if you could talk about how, you know, how your work has informed your perspective on COVID, because I think, you know, obviously I'm biased because my my own interest in this stuff really <laughs> informs where my takes on COVID are. But, you know, I'd love to hear just specifically sort of like where you're coming from on COVID and like how you see your background really sort of driving that. Sure. So I started, um, and, and you're right, there's this kind of condescension with, um, we've given the kids who have no currency, we've given them a currency, mm-hmm. and they are using it to like survive life the best way they can, yeah. just not exactly the way that we want them to. I'm informed, I think, by a couple of things. One, that, um, and I can't remember who said it exactly this way, but I came across it first in, in my HIV research. That if you could take a magic wand and get rid of the virus and everyone is afflicted by it, of course, that would deal with some material harm to them. But if you can't deal with the reason why they became infected in the same place, they're still in extreme danger and their lives are most likely going to be shorter whether or not they encounter this virus. The reason why they encountered the virus Uh, is not dealt with, then that harm is going to go on. So if you ostensibly care about people who are affected by the relationship with the virus, you can't simply deal with the virus. And you have to think about all the moments, or my my thinking is informed by um, not just the moment of any transmission with any virus. That's often where interventions try to physically place barriers like condoms mm-hmm. or face shields um, or try to deal with uh, other mitigating factors. But a positive transmission, a seroconversion with a virus uh, is just the last step in a, in a long series of steps. And so I tried to go back through them. And my thinking around COVID is extremely informed by HIV on multiple levels. Uh, I would say kind of the first the first way I thought of, about them together was in realizing that it was similar populations geographically. When I was when I, I was in New York in those early days of COVID, mm-hmm. and similarly to how I'd experienced um, HIV in St. Louis, where I did a lot of my reporting, I, I become familiar with the maps of where HIV transmissions are. And HIV transmissions and AIDS diagnoses, which HIV should not transition onto AIDS because we know how to deal with it. But um, but our protect- lovely healthcare system prioritizes really bad things here. <laughs> exactly. And um, so I'm pretty yeah. familiar in St. Louis and New York with where HIV transmissions happen and where AIDS uh, diagnoses happen. And in New York, the COVID maps were, were initially cut coming right on top of those same maps. Um, you could see exactly where COVID uh, diagnoses were happening and where, and where the deaths were happening were also happening in the neighborhoods where people are still dying of AIDS. And so I was kind of puzzled, but not really. And thinking right. about these are extremely different viruses. They behave differently. Mm-hmm. They have very different properties of time and space and transmission. And yet they were affecting the same kinds of populations. Um, so that has really informed me of thinking about not a pandemic, I would say, of the unvaccinated, but a um, pandemic of the quote unquote disposable of people that society right. has already gotten rid of uh, in some ways. And so that is ex- very much informed everything I've done in, in my own research and reporting 
about the pandemic and sort of a, a communal sense of ethical care, that there are responsibilities we have to one another, that groups like ACT UP mm-hmm. and AIDS activists have have demonstrated um, that we're not in this alone, that that our, our diseases and our illnesses are social. And that has very much um, informed the irony and the sadness I have when socially transmitted diseases are treated as individual failures, mm-hmm. as if there's like some kind of, I don't know, we call it immaculate conception of seroconversion that <laughs> comes out of nowhere. And then these, you know, these people end up bearing, in, in my own reporting, saying, you know, facing life in prison, extreme stigma, um, and uh, being outcast at a moment when they not only need care the most, but their own experiences inform how the community can collectively better protect itself. Mm -hmm. And I think, too, you know, one of the things that... To hear the full episode, become a patron at patreon.com slash deathpanelpod. You'll get access to this and the rest of our catalog of patron-only episodes. And be the first to get a new patron episode every Monday when it drops. With love, the Death Panel.